I know that you, because of your age and how you fit in with those older than you, you fit in with those younger than you. From time to time, you would hear cries from the younger ones as to areas they probably feel left out. The church doesn't meet some of the needs they have, some of the questions they have. What are some of the cries you think come from the younger ones that maybe the church could be lacking in those areas to help them? Well, um, we just started a young adults group, something that y'all doing here. And one of the things that they said, they don't feel the camaraderie or the love that they used to experience when they were younger. They used to get all the hugs and whatnot. But now they get older, they don't, it seems like it all thinning out. And I think that we as a church lack when it comes to going back to genuine fellowship, going back. The Bible says the older men should teach the younger men, the older women should teach the young women. And within that, there's fellowship. Teach younger women how to be mothers, teach younger men how to be fathers. I think that is where it comes. We don't have that community of believers. You know, I have that fellowship. When you just grow up in church, you're just there. But people think as long as you in church, everything good, which is not. You in church, but you don't have the relationship with a brother or sister or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you've got these problems now that come upon you, but you don't know how to share them because you've seen people who went through previous problems before and get castrated. If you get what yeah. I get excommunicated or they're just being part of no she do dance. So they feel free. There's no okay, you can it's like a mother or father. My mother disciplined me, but I still feel the love of my mother. You just get what I'm saying, but somehow churches today when they find somebody falling the fall, it just part them off. So when young people see that, they can keep that to themselves. It's not like until maybe me or you or the ones before me had to take the initiative to build that relationship first to the point that they become comfortable for them now to open up. Okay. I think sometimes we do too much systematic steps of church rather than just be home church, like you in your house and you could talk to your wife and your sons and you, it just relaxes rather than just have prayer, songs, hymns or whatever. And then that's it. No, or even the ministry, sometimes it shouldn't be just, don't make it as a something to go to, don't make it as something as a part of your life, if you get what I mean. So when you develop, have that camaraderie, people will find it easier to open. It might not open to everybody. Might come to you, brother Danny. I got a problem. That brother Danny, think the Lord leaders on my heart or whatnot. You'll find people will open up even better, even with the marital problems, even with boyfriends picking better mates. We use the term fragmented. Everybody have somewhat of a cubicle around them. People, young people will always feel it's a sense of isolation. So the only and you and when that happened now, the young people don't go outside. What advice do you think you can get? <laughs> <laughs> they can get good advice for sure. 
Exactly. What advice you what advice will you get? They go into the council of the ungodly. Correct. They standing in the way of sinners. They sit in the seat of the scornful. So this is the problem that the churches have. We have to learn how to show not only just say brother Danny, but live as brother Danny. Okay. Live as sister sister Fleming. This is my brother. This is my, that's what we have to do. And I think just springboarding after that, when I was going to Blue Water, it was 50 of us. We argue, we fight, we fuss, we disagree, we have different whatever, but there is a, a brotherhood. After leaving school so long, I still feel that brotherhood. I can still call Supi, George and Dominica. And he could tell me personal things about himself. I could call people who have gone up to Holland. I could call people who Adrian, St. Vincent. There's a somewhat of a brotherhood because we rub shoulders together. We labor together. It was actually was a community. I could call there's a young man who went to blow water from Albania. Dolphy tell him, I could call here anytime, see how he doing. He tell me exactly because he see me as his brother. Yeah. You understand? And I think churches need to come to that point of seeing each other as actual blood brother or blood sister. Or we always look at family as family. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's good. But when you get to heaven, ain't it me Got that right. It's going to be, it's going to be the thing that is going to connect us is Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. His blood is what connect us. So I just want, I, I just think that is to me how we should live as a church. And I think if we could foster that, people will feel included, even when they fall. Yeah. I'll change gears a little bit here because I've also known you've been pastoring for a while. There are, there are joys, there are difficulties. Could you tell us some of the joys that you've been experiencing as a pastor? Because many times we would hear of the tough times, we would see how difficult it is, we would watch and feel for pastors. But some of the joys, we, we, at times you may not hear as much about it. The joys for me, well, for me is see how the word of God has opened up to you when you spend time with his word and I'm sure you experience that yourself. We think when you really get the time to study and see how alive the scripture is, that is really that's one of my joys. And sometimes even in being rebuked, when you're being rebuked in preparation, May you ask God forgiveness. May you ask for God forgiveness again and again and again. Then one of the joys. And going behind the pulpit and preaching and seeing people respond. They may not respond in coming to the altar, but they will respond in, in maybe moving different, trying to apply what it says on in my comments, say, I am encouraged and stuff like that. And that's some of the joys. And even seeing some who and maybe lead, led to Christ and they continue on. Like for instance, there's this young man named Colin Blackman. When I was pastoring the smaller church that you visited when you came, 
Yeah. I started that youth group with two people and they were siblings, Camicia and Joseph. And out of that came the Blackman boys, Colin Blackman, Hollis and Carl. And out of that, they came the York family, Dexter and Dexter and Devante York. And out of that, they went into the schools and shared that. And out of that, more stopped coming. And fellow Colin, he moved to Canada and he's still serving the Lord. And he is going to basically basic doctrines like us. He know exactly know what church to look for based off of what I have been teaching him. And that brings joy to me to know that at least one young man who is still going in a faraway land, he's not around his familiars, but he is, I thank God that I was able to grow him enough. God used me to grow him enough to know which church to go or don't go. Mm-hmm. That is the joy for me. Because a lot of people will go to different churches. Oh, this is a good church. No, he went online and looked at their doctrinal statement, look at their their vision statement, all the things that I was sharing with him. Because one of the first things that I set down in my youth group, I went through the the basic doctrines of the Bible, where it talks about Christ, God, the Holy Spirit tongues, all of these things, and then something I will leave an open session for them to ask questions. And all of that, you know how to look for a church yeah. that have the same biblical doctrinal values as we have. So that's one of the joys that I, that I just reminisce, relish on most of the time. Yeah. Now, of course, your father, your husband, your pastor, you also, besides being a pastor, you also, you're a welder, you're a barber. Sounds like you, you're busy with a lot of things. You, you know exactly where I'm going now. How do you juggle all of this? Or how do you mix it in a way that you make sure all areas get as much of the attention that they need as possible? The days I fall at one, these days I fall at two, these days I get it all right. There are days that I be up maybe three o'clock Saturday morning trying to finish my message because I tried to finish this gate. And then there were times where I have to end up between certain times going to cut somebody here by appointment because I have a pretty decent it could be better clientele. As of right now, they are waiting on me till I come back home. Yeah. Um, there are times when you have to, but the barbering is suffering to somewhat because now that I preach a lot more, now that I, the welding partly slowly kicking in because there are gates that have built, there are um, certain things that have built uh, before and some people hearing about me and what it want my, my, my abilities. So there are times that I do, and then being a father and a wife, there are times that my wife has to remind me, look, you've got two children, you've got a family. And there are times you have to put them things aside to try to spend time with your, especially when your children small, 
you gotta spend time um, with them, and I that is that is even more paramount to me these days. The fact that you're over here, them they can't wait to get back home. But I there are days that I have to be juggling yeah. all the time. Um, in Antigua, I find that I had to do a lot of things to stay current when it comes to sharing the word, because there's a fair day that if I get caught up in the welding and barbering, I will get dull, rusty. So I try not to jeopardize what God have called me, um, what God have called me to. Uh, one of the pluses that sometimes I would just, I work for myself. So sometimes I just say, I ain't working today. Yep. You just stay home and just spend time with the children. There are times where they take them from school, don't go right home. Sometimes go with them up Shirley Heights or wherever, go and eat mm-hmm. ice cream or something mm-hmm. on a Saturday before I go into the barbershop and try to the beach myself, spend time with them. And also, I it does be challenging. I'm just praying that I will be somewhat like Pastor Webster, being full-time. So I can have more time with my family. I know that we hear a lot of pastors talk about they had to work and all of these kind of things, but I don't think it's the way for my family. Everybody got to do things according to how their family set up. But I think for my family, I don't think it is wise that I it is wise that I continue down that vein, put a lot of stress. On you, you yourself don't even get to relax because why are you thinking about what you well then you thinking about what to preach, and why are you cutting you here you thinking about you are finishing this job, and why are you at home you thinking about I gotta go visit somebody so your mind don't get rest. So yeah. is some days I do get it right, many days I do get it wrong, and many days I'm being reminded of my wife. Look, you got two children there now, so. That's the, that is the challenge. It's an up and down situation. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Talk. And if you have enjoyed it, don't forget to like this video, give it a thumbs up, share it with your friends, your family, your colleagues, and people you acquaint yourself with. Let them know. If the message was good for you, it certainly would be good for others as well.